Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 1 called The Problem of Evil. It's true that little kids laugh over silly things. And have you ever had one of those moments where you just have a laugh attack and you don't even know why you're laughing? And then you start to cry because you're laughing so much. And, and so I've watched some Christian comedians and I just laughed the whole time and I've laughed to the point of tears. And, and I remember one Christian comedian looking out and he said, some of you, you've laughed so much, you haven't laughed this much in years. And all you can say to yourself is, man. I needed that. It's okay to laugh. Laughter is good medicine. A joyful heart's good medicine. That's why even in the book of Job, we're going to try to laugh a little bit. It's going to be hard at times, but anyway. This was a celebration family. They would gather. They would send, invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. They celebrated life. This is a picture of a happy, joyful family prosperous, blessed, upright, good, morally ethical. You could think of maybe a favorite TV show with a good, wholesome family. And you might have to go back a couple decades to find one of these shows. But anyway, yeah, and, 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 and imagine that family. And imagine they're doing well. They own land. They, ha- they have, you know, people serving, and there's a lot of sheep and cattle. And what, what was the old Western bonanza? Uh, yeah, anyway, so stuff like that, right? Now, it came about when the days of feasting had completed their cycle that Job would send and consecrate them, his kids. He would rise up early in the morning, middle of five, and uh, in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. So for each child, Job would present a burnt offering. This is why we think the book is pretty old. He's acting as a type of a priest. And Job would say this kind of thing. He'd say, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And thus, Job didn't just do this once. He did this, what your Bible say, continually. And it would seem that the language would indicate that maybe after they gathered for these celebrations, maybe Job thought maybe they overdid it or they Somehow there was something hidden in their hearts. I think they all love the Lord, but you never know. And so he was interceding for his family through burnt offerings. He's saying, God, if there's something that they've done, if they've cursed you in any way. By the way, Satan is going to say of Job, if you take his blessings away, he'll what? Curse you to your face. That's going to be Satan's challenge to God. Well, Job was afraid that his kids might have done something wrong, so he would, he would do offerings for them. He would intercede for his children. So many of you, you know, you can relate to this. You pray for your kids all the time. You know, you pray for the ones that are wayward, the ones that are walking with the Lord, because you know how tenuous this world can be and how sin can so easily entangle us. And so you're, you're regularly praying. It's probably at the top of your prayer list for children and grandchildren and those in your immediate sphere. All right, we have something that, you know, is a happy family, it's good, it's blessed. But now we have the word now. Now there was a day when the sons of God, the language is bene ha Elohim, came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, this is 
ha-satan, the Satan literally, also came among them. Now there was a day we moved from earth to heaven. Now we're in God's sphere, God's throne room, if you will. And all of a sudden we're taken there and there's a day when the sons of God, now some of you have the NIV, the NIV says angels, correct? And the New Living Translation, I think, has something about a council. But the language actually mirrors Genesis 6, 2. And it talks about the sons of God looking upon the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. And if you've ever heard that teaching before, you know many good scholars believe that the sons of God there are fallen angels who do some dastardly things with these uh, daughters of men. That same idea is here. These are angels that stand before the Lord. The only one that is mentioned or singled out among them is one named Satan. The name Satan, some believe, is a title, not his actual name. And it literally can mean the adversary. So Satan or Satanus could be used in a general sense for one who's an adversary. But here there is a literal Satan, the literal adversary. It could be his title or what he does. And he's there before the Lord as well. They had come, notice, in some formal way to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan is there as well. Now, do we know that Satan has access to the throne of God even today? The answer is yes. Revelation 12, I think it's verse 10, says that he's the accuser of the brethren, and that he accuses the brethren before God day and night. And so it would appear, this is from my personal study of the end times, that Satan will not lose his access to heaven until the middle of the 70th week of Daniel. So that would tell us that Satan still has some access to heaven, this is my view, and can, that's the only way he can go and accuse brethren before God, right, day and night, is if he's there. And so Job, way back in the day, if you will, gives us an insight into how this works. Job presents himself before the Lord as one who ultimately is inferior he ultimately is, I'm going to put it as Martin Luther put it, he is, he is God's Satan. You mean, what do you mean, Pastor Michael? He is not God's equivalent on the evil side. He's a fallen angel. He must check in with God. He's on a leash. He is God's Satan, as Luther put it. That should give us great hope that Satan can only go so far. Do you remember that when the disciples were at the Last Supper in Luke 22, they're arguing about which one would be the greatest, and it would seem that Satan's getting in there. And Jesus tells Peter, Behold, Satan's been demanding permission to sift you like wheat, Peter. Listen to that. Demanding what? Permission. But I have prayed for you, and when you have turned again, this is Luke twenty two thirty one. Strengthen your brethren. See, Satan has to do things only by permission, and you're going to see that here. Why can he get away with the evil he gets away with? I don't understand every angle of it, but I'll tell you this. Ultimately, he's still on a leash, and God is, is on the throne. God reigns. God is sovereign. And Satan, in some ways, actually becomes God's tool. And I will tell you that I don't understand all the different angles of that. 
but that is what's before us. And so these members, including this one, the Satan, come before the Lord to to check in to almost like a cabinet member would come before the president or a prime minister. One writer says, not everyone on the cabinet is friendly. The expression in British government is Her Majesty's loyal opposition. (laughs) Or you could just say Donald Trump, right? Because you know that people who are in politics today, if they gather around the president, and if the president were to look at Congress, you know, and, and people are around him, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed group, right? Not everybody's behind the decision-making of the president, even if they're clapping. And here's the deal. There's something like that that happens in the heavens. God is ultimately on the throne. Satan must check in with God. He's on a leash, but he still is an opposer, an adversary, in opposition. And here he is before the throne of God checking in, presenting himself, and he's with others who do the same. And the Lord, this is Yahweh, said to Satan, from where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. You could loosely translate this. God says to Satan, where have you been? Does God not know where Satan's been? No, he knows. This is what scholars call anthropomorphic terminology. How do you like that? I said that at 8.21 p.m., anthropomorphic terminology. That's a 50-cent term, which means the Bible puts things in human terms that we can understand. Is there literally a council in heaven with angels around God? I I don't know what that looks like. God is spirit, right? Well, if, if you look at this, it's like when God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? He knew what, where Adam was. What was he doing? He was trying to bring uh, an answer out of Adam so that Adam could confess where he was. This is the same for us. God knows where Satan's been, but it's so that we can understand what Satan's been up to. And he said, I've been roaming about on the earth, walking around on it. Why does Satan roam about on the earth? 1 Peter 5.8 says, Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. If we link the two scriptures, we can see that when Satan says this to God, he's actually on the hunt. And some scholars believe that you could see from the flow of the language that actually Satan's going around the earth seeing if there's any genuinely pious people, any true worshipers of God. And if he finds them, his goal is to devour them. Be of sober spirit, brethren. Your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. And when he sees someone who's true and trying to live the right life, you can become his target. You say, well, that's good reason to live the wrong kind of life, right? Wrong. Wrong. Because you want to fight the good fight of faith. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I've heard Greg Laurie many times comment on this and say, he prays something like this, Lord, if you ever want to bring up my name, can you make sure that Satan's not around? Have you ever considered my servant? Don't, don't name my name, please, there. Have you considered my servant Job? You've been going around upon the earth, right? There's no one like him on the earth. This mirrors verse one. He's blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. 
God begins to brag on Job. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And if he finds them, his goal is to devour them. Be of sober spirit, brethren. Your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. And when he sees someone who's true and trying to live the right life, you can become his target. You say, well, that's good reason to live the wrong kind of life, right? Wrong. Wrong. Because you want to fight the good fight of faith. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I've heard Greg Laurie many times comment on this and say, he prays something like this, Lord, If you ever want to bring up my name, can you make sure that Satan's not around? Have you ever considered my servant? Don't don't name my name, please, there. Have you considered my servant Job? You've been going around upon the earth, right? There's no one like him on the earth. This mirrors verse 1. He's blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. God begins to brag on Job. Since you've been going to and fro, have you thought about Job? You considered him, set your heart on him, literally. And Satan answered and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Oh, yes, he fears you, but there's a reason the nothing is emphatic. It's almost like a teenager would say it. Does God fear you, or does Job fear you for nothing? Why does he serve you? Why why is he upright? Why is he pious? It's because of what he can get out of it. That's why he serves you. Do you see how, uh, how rude he is? How he's not keeping what we would consider court etiquette? You're addressing the king of the universe? The only reason he serves you is because you've done you. you. You've put a hedge about him, Ten, and his house, all that he has on every side. You've blessed the work of his hands. His possessions have increased in the land. You've, made, you've put a hedge about this guy. Just side note, brothers and sisters, I believe that every Christian has a hedge about them by the Lord 
And if anything comes into your life, it will come there first through the filter of God's love. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying that if you mess with a door that you shouldn't open, that passing through the filter of God's love, God can even deal with that. But I'm saying this. If something has come into your life recently, and it's an unexpected side swipe, God knows. And it's passed through the filter of his love. And he says, but put forth your hand and now touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. In essence, Satan saying, I guarantee it. If you smite this man, strike this guy, remove the hedge, remove the blessings, he will curse you. This man who's blessed you his whole life, this man who makes sacrifice for his kids, he looks so pious and righteous. Just smite him. Just reach out your hand in a negative way. Take that hedge from around him, and he'll curse you to your face. Wow. Satan confidently boasts that Job will curse God. You know that we're about to hear later in a later study that Job's wife will say to him, why do you keep your integrity? Curse God and die. Do you know that Job's wife became a mouthpiece for Satan? Right there. That's what Satan wanted Job to do. There's... Essentially, he's saying there's no true worshipers. This Job guy is a phony. This hit me in my office. I believe that one of the most diabolical works on this earth that Satan does is to plant that same attitude in all our unbelieving friends and family members. Essentially this, they're not genuine. It's all a show for their own personal gain. See, our lives must disprove that notion. And I believe that that notion is satanic. I believe a lot of naysayers against the church who question why you follow Christ, question your motives, question everything. I believe that Satan, at least in part, has a role in that, of putting this wet blanket on people, this doubt, these suspicions. And let's face it, the church has given fodder to this. How so, Pastor Michael? by doing it for just those reasons, by being found out to be a fraud, by ripping people off for money, by having exposés by secular television stations prove out what the world thinks is already happening anyway. You see, as Christians, we got to do our best to debunk that lie of the devil. See, that comes from him. Oh, they're not genuine. They just follow because they want blessings from you. And the moment that you take the blessings off the table... They're gone. They're going to curse you to your face. And each one of us are challenged with this as not being our approach to our Christianity, that we're only going to follow God when we think he's blessing us enough. Listen to these words. These are profound. And we're almost done. Now, although the Satan's motives are 100% aggressive and malicious, his argument is correct. There is no other way to publicly establish the nature of Job's piety. David Kleins has pointed out perceptively that the converse would also be true. If a poor man were pious, it might even be necessary to enrich him, to be absolutely sure that his piety was not the result of his poverty. Satan is not bullying God, nor is he offering him a casual wager 
as though Job's sufferings were just to see who wins a bet in heaven. No, Satan, for all his malice, is doing something necessary to the glory of God. In some deep way, it is necessary for it to be publicly seen by the whole universe that God is worthy of the worship of man, of a man, and that God's worthy worth is in no way dependent on God's gifts. And then he goes on to talk about the same logic Peter talks about. He says, the glory of God is more important than you, your or my or Job's comfort. In some deep way, the sufferings of Job are necessary to redound to the glory of God. Paradoxically, the Satan, for all his evil motivation, has a necessary ministry in God's government of the world for his glory. If Satan did not issue this challenge, it would be necessary for God to delegate this terrible task to another supernatural creature. Satan has a ministry. It is the ministry of opposition, the ministry of insisting that the genuineness of the believer be tested and proved genuine. It is a hostile, malicious ministry, no doubt, but it is a necessary ministry for the glory of God. Now, I will tell you that these are not thoughts that come to us in our average Bible study, but there it is. God is going to use this story to grow us all and even to get us to look deep at our motives. And then the Lord said to Satan, final verse, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not put forth your hand on him. You can't touch him, but everything else is in your power. And so these frightful words, so Satan departed from the presence of the Lord, and we all buckle our seatbelts because we know what is next. Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. That the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Perhaps we need to widen our idea of well done, good and faithful servant to include well done in the trials, well done in the tough times, well done when your body didn't feel good, well done when a curveball came your way and it didn't make sense, well done when it was hard to deal with that family member and you kept going, well done when you didn't want to get up for work any day of the week and you got up for the sake of your witness and your family, well done, good and faithful servant. See, a good and faithful servant is not going to always have easy working conditions, but we have a God who will see us through to the end. You've been listening to The Problem of Evil, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job, Chapter 1. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Your financial gifts help us broadcast on radio, do the podcast, and our free apologetic events throughout the year. If you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 
Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, the bottom line is that the problem of evil is a problem. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. But I'll tell you what, the biblical um, revelation gives us a way to think through it and walk through it unlike any other worldview that I know of. And that's the hope that we have, that Jesus Christ entered into our pain, the greater Job. And we have hope, eternal hope, because of him. Well, hey, I I told you earlier in the week about a men's breakfast. We do the first Saturday of every month. This month, it's happening Saturday, March the 6th. We begin at 8 a.m. We end about 10. We have a breakfast that starts at 8. We have a time of worship. We have a teaching. And we have a time of small groups where you can encourage other men and be encouraged as well. Last time we did this, we had over 80 guys here. It was an amazing Saturday. And you can get here, get some worship, get built up and go. You'll have plenty of time to do your honeydew list as well. It's happening at Living Truth. It's Saturday, 8 a.m., 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, the men's breakfast, right off the Lincoln Avenue uh, exit off the 91 freeway. Easiest way to get driving directions and info is to download the Living Truth app in your app store. Look for that red logo with the pillars. Download it for free. And we'll see you out here at the men's breakfast. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Remember, you can always reach out to us if you have questions or need prayer. We're available to you Tuesday through Friday, normal business hours at 844-48-TRUTH. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 1, 13-22, called When Your World Falls Apart. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.